Welcome to Community Cocktails with Kimberly, hosted by Kimberly Woodard, a realtor who's been selling homes in North Texas with more than 21 years of experience. Join her every first and third Wednesday of the month as she meets with top community leaders, local businesses, and real estate industry experts to help you get to know the area you want to call home. Don't just love your home, love your community. And now your host, Kimberly Woodard. Welcome viewers to this episode of Community Cocktails with Kimberly. So I have such a great podcast to share with you today. Um, I have a wonderful guest. Um, right now we are home. You know, our kids are out of school. Maybe you have those kids that are, came home um, from college. And so the house is a little bit different on dynamics. Well, I've got Bridget Joey here. And she is a licensed counselor as well as a marriage and family therapist. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, let's talk. I mean, you're in the same. You've got kids um, that um, are around the same I age do. as mine. I do. Yeah. And and you know, school's out, and everyone's home, and the yeah. household is a definitely a different dynamic. It is. <laughs> and as parents, we're not given we're not given our our um, manual on how to parent. And so you have to learn how to kind of parent and adapt your parenting as your child goes through many developmental milestones, right? Definitely. From early childhood to preteen to yep. the teenage adolescent year. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then college. And it conti we continue to develop until we die. So, I, oh, I feel like, yes. I mean, my mom will say, yes, I'm still parenting. <laughs> we need a chapter book that we have to read and before we should have children. Oh, we like should. How to parent. I know. I'm We're... not writing it. I'm not writing it. I'm sure there's a lot of people that have written stuff. So, yes. But I mean, I, of course, it's always different with each child, too. I mean, each child you have to do different things with and, you know, you have to adopt different ways. I mean, yeah. I know in my household, I've got one is one way, one is the other. <laughs> yeah, so. right. And there is some recommended consistencies on how to parent right. that will support the differences in your child's temperament. Well, let's talk about, you know, kids, you know, they get to that adolescent age where they don't open up. And it's, you know, they walk in, you're like, how's your day? Fine. Uh, you know, did you see anyone? Yeah. I mean, it's, you can't get them to elaborate on to, oh, I saw Billy. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and we did this. It can be uncomfortable yeah. or frustrating for the parent. Yes. And maybe for the child too. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that, um, so there's three really, there, there's three aspects to that. There's okay. multiple aspects to look at that as if you have a camera and kind of looking at how might the parent approach that. What is the child maybe going through? And then there's this space between them right. that is worth exploring and looking at as well. And so it's like what contributes to the behavior of your child and then what's contributing to the concern and behavior of the parent. And so right. we can look at those if you want. We can talk yes. more about that. Oh, yes, because I think especially in our crazy, I don't even know what to say, world that we had, um, you know, I think parents are even more wanting to, you know, be more aware of what's going on with their children. Yeah. Um, you see all, every time we turn on the news, there's some kind of, you know, crazy um, news story. And, you know, I know every parent is thinking, oh gosh, you know, that could be, you know, what if that was my child, or, yeah. you know, you know, my situation. Um, and so I think the lines of communication between, you know, trying to 
keep those lines of communication. They're so important. Yeah. So I can talk about, you know, how to really set your family up for that success yeah. as they get older, or we can talk about the what do you do now that you did the best you could and here we are. Well, which which do where do you want to start? Let's start with, let's start with uh, how we can set the family up and then okay. kind of elaborate it to So early um attachment style is so critical for communication later in life mm -hmm. and for just for just relationships in general. Right. And so um there's been some studies done by some of the attachment theorists in our profession, um, clinical psychologist, Dr. Daniel Brown from Harvard, mm -hmm. uh, brilliant man, and he um, wrote a book called Attachment Disturbances in Adults, but he also just studied attachment style. And um, he teaches us that by the time a child is 18 months old, the mapping for attachment style is laid down in their brain. Wow. By the time they are four, we can, they, the, the ones that yeah. have better yeah. grades than me, can predict how a child will um, attach in their adult years. So attachment Jeez. style, which includes communication, is really um, foundational. It's passed on generationally. So our primary caregivers will teach us those patterns of communication. Um, what's really cool about that, though, is um, it, we want to pay attention with how we're parenting. Um, and I just want to kind of let everyone know, um, there has been some studies done uh, where 70% of the cues that our children give us are missed by parents. 70%. Wow. That's yeah. Huge. So it's huge. So being attuned to your child early and attuned to yourself right. is important, but it's not so much how we miss. It's really about how we can repair and how we can do the best we can with what we're given, right? Right. Um, but they do give us some guidelines. You want your parent, you want your child to, one, be able to um, explore and feel safe to explore. Yeah. Right. And then you want your child to be able to come back and feel that they are going to be comforted when they come back. Right. And then you're going to want to be a strong but kind parent. Right. And I think those three aspects of being able to be kind and strong and find delight in your child. Um, being able to allow your child to understand what it feels like to have freedom um, and, and explore, but then also security of being able to come back and know that when they come back to you, that you're able to greet them with comfort and love. And those three aspects from early, early childhood will follow them all the way into adolescent years. Wow. Right? Wow. That's remarkable. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't think that, you know, the patterns were formed that early very early yeah wow for attachment theories yeah. but yeah now they're not set in stone you can't yeah. change them you know right coming to counseling <laughs> self-exploration yes you you can um you can change patterns of attachment wow, wow. So. like i said I, I, i'm like i hope i did some stuff <laughs> well and again even though those are pretty steep yeah. sue johnson who is a well-known um marriage and family therapist yeah. Uh, she created emotion-focused therapy. She she quotes that a lot. Okay. Um, I have also heard it through. Um, it's called the Circle of Security Parenting. Oh, okay. Um, and it kind of gives a, um, a a a circle or a, a cycle of how to really just um, be a parent that supports that exploration, but then receiving the child with comfort and love and safety, but then also um, being a strong parent that's kind and wow. kind. Right. right. In, um, and then also 
you know, so much of our parenting, we get triggered into regression. Yeah. Um, to where we start, you know, thinking it's maybe about us or our right. child triggers our own stuff, maybe a sense right. of I don't have control or something to right. that extent. Whereas sometimes it's learning how to let your child just explore and it's their journey in so, right. so many ways. So, um, so you're talking about the helicopter parent. <laughs> well, yeah, you said it. Yeah, we, um, and really letting them explore. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I've always been the parent um, in our house that I told my kids from the very beginning, I'm not going to school. I've already done that. I've already been, so you are. So it's up to you. You want to make good grades and you need to, you know what to need to do. I'm not going to harp on you. Um, you know, you've got to do this or you got to do that. Um, now, I will say my one's pretty. He's always like, I got it. I got it, mom. No worries. My youngest is overachiever. Like, he's probably the only one that actually goes in and checks, like, where he is and ranking stats uh, with school. My oldest never did. He's just like, ah, fine. Well, good for you. So you, it sounds like you were a steady, consistent support yeah. to your kids, but then you also gave them a sense of, you've got this, you can do it. Right. And so you've given them the permission to explore right. and to experience some freedom, but yeah. then also to come back to you with knowing that you would be safe, secure, supportive, right. um, but then also a guiding, you know, kind yes. strength, right? Yes. Which sometimes we need to be because the, the brain development of an adult is very different than the brain that's developing throughout the years of the single digits all the way right. to teenage years. And and let's not lose sight of the beautiful teenage years where people have, you know, and they, yes. they do, they roll their eyes and they go, the teenage years. But adolescence is such a beautiful um, time of development and innovation. And Dan Siegel wrote a great book called Brainstorm. I highly recommend that book. Okay all parents to yeah. read and for adolescents i think you wrote it appropriate for adolescents as well but adolescence is a developmental milestone um it's not just the teenage years it includes the teenagers and it starts from age 12 and it goes to 25 26 years old okay and in that phase is this beautiful um development of the brain where the brain is pruning itself mm. and really um those skills that they use, teenagers use, they will keep and they will strengthen. And they also have neurotransmitter fluctuations with dopamine. Um, a time uh, you had mentioned before we started filming about social media. Yes. It is also a time where adolescents are, uh, you know, susceptible to addictive type behavior yes. because of those dopamine uh, fluctuations. Um, but uh just a great developmental milestone. Wow. And the brain is doing something different than what it's what? doing for, as an adult. As an adult, we're working from, you know, the frontal, prefrontal cortex, whereas an adolescent's primary area is um, their limbic system. The motion centers of their brain is guiding uh, a lot of the kiddos at that time. Wow. And, and going to the social media, I think that's been obviously a big thing. We hear that. I mean, kids are on it. I mean, kids as young as, you know, single digits <laughs> um, are on it. And it, it's a different dynamics. I mean, yeah. some, you know, every day I'm, I'm like, thank goodness it wasn't there when I was growing up. Um, but I think it, there's a lot of challenges um, with it. Yeah. Um, I think you, and you've got, you know, my kids growing up were never a big social media, um, you know, person. I mean, they had accounts, but they never posted. I mean, I think my one, 
my oldest got locked out of his account until he was about a senior. Um, he, you know, he had an account, but he couldn't figure out his password and he couldn't get reset. He just, and he, it wasn't a big thing for him. Um, my youngest is on it, but you know, he'll look at stuff and he's usually following his, you know, favorite chefs and stuff like that on it. But, um, there are, you know, you know, parents out there where their kids are on it, um, you know, to a, um, very, especially now with the summer is yeah, consistent, you know, yeah. on it. And how do you, you, I mean, I say monitor, but how do you keep your kids, you know, um, you know, not obsessed with it? I think they say you, you could have a podcast just just for that. yeah and if we did that we'd probably need to bring in you know the counselors that focus mostly on that i think there are pros and cons to social media yeah. you know the pros are it's this beautiful connection right and we do connect very quickly right um but i, I think the cons are that it does um we are missing some of the other aspects of the human connection mm. which you know words especially if we're dealing with texting maybe right. not in the same regards to snapchat and let's, you know, we're not, not even talking about, you know, the influences yes. of, you know, all the other social right. media forms. But um, there, there is a connection aspect that's wonderful and quick. Um, and but the other aspect that might be a little bit negative is that there could be an addictive part of that, which is right. the dopamine fluctuations of the brain and the immediacy. And, and some kids will um, not some. I mean, all for all of us, you know, seven percent of our communication is words. Yeah. The other 93% is body language and tone. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you're texting, you're going to miss a tremendous amount of communication opportunities. Um, and for adolescents, there is this, that emotion. I told you they're yeah. kind of functioning from that emotion aspect. Well, that emotionality and being able to interact with other humans mm -hmm. is really forming the frontal lobe, in, in, as Dan Siegel teaches us that. Yeah. So there's just a, um, I think, moderation. Yeah, it's really the key. And I think a lot of things. And I think for adolescents and parenting, I, I think the important thing is to implement that earlier than uh, later. Like, don't try to all of a sudden. I mean, of course, um, intervention at any point is important. Right. But if you you potentially have waited too long, if you decide to put limits on your senior with social media, right? You know, like consider implementing that sooner than later so that it's just understood as the culture of your family of you know when you need to put the phones down there so that you can have some alone time by yourself right you know uh, a certain hour on you know no i love this so yeah i hope that's helpful. i love no i think that's very helpful because you know especially you know parents out there that have youngers you're starting you know the president's now so then it's just adopted. It's just how it is. It's the way it is mm -hmm. um, versus then taking something away because then you're kind of contradicting um, about the lines of communication with mm -hmm. them because then they're not wanting to come back and you're, you know, and um, you've kind of, re you've, you've tried to take away something that you've always had another way just part of yeah part of how it was yeah. so then you'll get run into some challenges with that okay. as opposed to catching it early okay. and then also as a parent limiting it yourself you know yeah. modeling that for your child as okay. well oh yeah but their dopamine fluctuations as an adolescent will be different um i do want to go back to your earlier question though is like how do you handle that 
you know, adolescent right. who doesn't give you those full answers that yeah. maybe a parent would want. And so we kind of touched on, you know, early attachment style when you're young. Right. And when you're older, it's kind of similar in that you just as a parent want to transition into recognizing that um, your child is um, so much of that foundation you've already set for that child in regards to communication with you. So one first thing was maybe would, would be to maybe look at yourself as a parent and think to yourself, who am I, who am I being and who have I been? And is my space safe? And do I really allow them to speak? Right? Or do I anticipate um, in an anxious way a response from them? Right? So that's just kind of maybe a check-in within ourselves. And then another thing would be, if it really is a concern of the parent, then to look at the child and realize, you know, all behavior is based out of an internal and an external experience. So if you see a behavior in your child and you're like, he used to talk a lot, now he's not talking much, I'm kind of concerned, he's not sharing with me, you might, as a parent, want to chase the why. The child will not necessarily know the why. You might want to think of the why. Like, right. for example, this morning, my son comes down and and uh, I was like, good morning. And, you know, not much from him. Right. <laughs> I thought, how appropriate <laughs> as I am going to come to talk with you. But he was tired, running late, not the right time. Yep. Um, independent, very independent minded. And so it's more of do I need to check in and not be too anxious and wanting a desired right. response from him yeah. as opposed to meeting him where he is? Yeah. So some of it's, you know, is it the right time? Right. right? And, and and asking if it's the right time if you need it. You're clearly tired, running out the door, running late. Is right. it the right time to be like? <laughs> right. And, and trying to get them to talk and have a whole like 30 minute conversation yeah. with you because they're like, Mom, I got to go. Yes. <laughs> and then they get anxious, you know, and yeah. um, everything. I know um, that's one thing with my oldest, you know, he's home now. So, you know, I know on Tuesdays, he, you know, he has, I'm like, oh, you know, he's waking up and it's like 930. My youngest is rolling back um, home. He's like, I've already had half my day. <laughs> You're just getting up. <laughs> and, so, yeah. and so it's like a different, you know, just a different dynamics. Yes. But, you know, they're all talking or my youngest you know, if he's getting out the door, he don't want to talk in the morning. You know, he's got to get ready, eat, and out the door. So he's somewhere by 7 a.m. Yeah. Now, if it's at the dinner table, it's a little bit it different. Does. You know, it just, it's kind of as if if somebody were to go to you and say, Kimberly, how was your day? What did right. you do today? Yeah. You might be like, oh, wow. You're like a whole world opens up in your head and your right. mind and you go, how, where do I start? Right. So that's some of it as well, as well as temperament you know, of the child. So is it the right time? Take into account the temperament of the child. Is he an internalizer or an externalizer? Um, and if it's a real concern, then chase the why in regards to, hmm, what has he been exposed to? Has things changed? Right. Um, and, and listen to your gut as a parent as well. Um, you know, really, there are yeah. receptors around oh, your, definitely. in your, your gut it's, area and your I, heart. It's, it's parents' intuition. <laughs> Yeah, you feel something is not right. There probably isn't. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, this has been such a pleasure. I hope viewers, you have taken some tips, um, and we'll have some sources out here as well for you to, um, you know, get on and um, whether books or online sites. And yeah. it was so much fun, Bridget. Yeah. Um, so, cheers to us. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> cheers to happy parenting. <laughs> cheers. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify, as well as Kimberly's YouTube channel. If you'd like to contact Kimberly directly, you can email her at KimberlyWoodard at Ebby.com or call 214-632-2092. We hope you enjoyed our guest this week. And remember, don't just love your home, love your community.